Welcome to Moms in the Hub podcast, the one and only podcast for Lubbock moms. I share mom fails, discuss trending mom topics, and highlight amazing parents in the 806. So grab a drink and join me as we navigate motherhood in the Hub City. Make sure to give a review and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. On today's episode, I'm chatting with local mom, Christian Bland. Christian is a real estate agent and an expert when it comes to property management and real estate investments. She is here to chat about being a busy mom and managing a successful career. Welcome back. I'm your host, Danae Hooks. I'm an author, speaker, Lubbock Moms contributor, and chaos coordinator to three amazing kids. And it is, there's, this is a big week. It's St. Patrick's Day today, so happy St. Patty's Day. Um, it is spring break here in Lubbock, and March Madness officially kicked off, or shall I say tipped off today. So a lot of things going on this week, and the Hooks family is very excited. But also I'm going to apologize because I keep trying to record this intro in my ads, and I swear my kids have been in here maybe a dozen times just running through the door. So I have to stop and re-record. So I apologize now if that happens again. Oh, and my husband too. He's actually been the worst. Sorry, Sam, but you have. Um, so anyways, but we just got back. We took a short little spring break trip to the Frio River. My brother and his family live in Lakey, Texas, and their house is on the Frio River. So we try to get down there a couple times a year. Needless to say, I did not get in the river. The adults did not get in the river because if you've ever been to the Frio River, then you know that even if it's 100 degrees outside, the water is freezing. So when it's 70 degrees outside, the water is ice, ice cold. Hudson and um, Hadley and my nephew attempted to get in, and let's just say they didn't stay very long. But we left on Sunday, and my brother has a friend in his neighborhood that it has a, a couple of vacation homes there. So they always let us borrow one of his homes, um, one of their homes, whenever they're not, you know, down visiting themselves. And we're very, very appreciative that they let us do that because with three kids, it's nice not to be on top of each other at my brother's house. Um, and we have our own space. So Hannah can, you know, we can get her to bed when she needs to get to bed. She has a lot of supplies and we can kind of wind down, but still visit. So we love going down there. Absolutely. Um, one of our favorite things to do. But you know, when you travel with kids, it's always hard coming home because you have so much laundry to catch up on. So many things. I have no idea why, but I scheduled like two appointments the day after we got home today. And the last thing I want to do is get up, get dressed and run these kids to a different appointments. But it is what it is. So my husband is home as well, like I said, and he always takes off for spring break and March Madness. So it's lucky that it kind of coincided this week. So we're all about our brackets. I think his is already officially busted, um, but we always have a little competition and that's always fun. But I am very excited about Christian's interview today because I got to re-listen to it while I was editing earlier. And property investing, like real estate investing, investing is something that interests me um, has always interested me, and I she shares a wealth of knowledge today on the show because interest rates, as you know, went up this week, and I think everybody was anticipating that. And the real estate, the housing market has been insane since COVID. People thought it would go down, and it's actually gone up and stabilized. 
Lubbock, Texas is a great place to invest. And people, I don't know, I feel like once people hear this episode, more people are going to jump on it because of all the pros to investing in houses in Lubbock, Texas, with our amazing hospitals and Texas Tech and a lot of things that we have to offer here in the city. And Christian is, she's been doing this for years. She's very knowledgeable and she shared a lot of helpful information and a lot of good books that I'm actually going to go read because we're always looking to invest in something. And I definitely think real estate is, is a hot commodity right now. So I'm glad that she came on today to talk about it. So I hope you enjoy this and I know that you will get a lot of good information out of this. Okay. Today I have Christian Bland on with me. Thank you for coming today, Christian. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, first, I want you to introduce yourself. Tell me a little bit about your family and what it is that you do for a living. Yeah, um, so my name is Christian Bland. I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee, transplanted to Lubbock in 2015. Um, so I've been here almost seven years. Kind of hard to believe. <laughs> yeah, it goes fast. <laughs> yeah, it really does. I am married to a man who had four children um, from a previous marriage. Uh so we have those four kids, and then we have a three-year-old. Um, we've been married since 2016. I do real estate. Okay. And investing. So So which company do you work for in town? I work for Tech Terrace Real Estate. Um, we're located across the street from J&B Coffee. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Real close to the university. Did you move here with your husband or... I mean, did you meet him once you moved here, or did y'all move here together? Yes. So I met him once we moved here. Um... I left Memphis. Uh, I'd been born and raised in that area in the Southeast, went to Mississippi State. I need to like cower in shame, <laughs> but we're going to get you a baseball. Just wait. Um, so went to Mississippi State, uh, did a teaching program, got married to a man in the teaching program because it just seemed like the right thing to do, like the next step. Right. Uh, it lasted a year and a half. Okay. So it wasn't the right step. But I was 28 and was like, if I'm going to get out of the Southeast, now's the time to do it. Um, so I moved to Lubbock. I had a friend that was here and she was like, you should just come move in with me. And I was like, yeah, I guess I'll just like hang out for a year and then probably go move somewhere else. I was, I moved in June and I got on Tinder to start dating. Oh yeah. Okay. Because yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's time. It's been a year. Yeah. Pretty much since my husband and I had split. Got on Tinder, met this guy. He's a little bit older. Um, had four kids, but I never really wanted to have my own kids. Okay. Um, our first date was at Planet Fitness. Oh really? Um, so it was like a workout day? It was a workout Fine. day. Yeah. I like moved in two weeks later. I mean, it was, it was, it was meant just to be. meant to be like we clicked on so many levels. So, um, he felt like my best friend from Planet Fitness. Yeah. So, well, that's the way it should be too. Yeah. Like that's a lasting relationship right there. So yeah. what was it like becoming an instant mom? How was that? Uh, it was so like I had been teaching. Mm -hmm. So like I kind of had like my classroom thing, like I yeah. literally set up a word wall in the twins' bedroom. So, like, <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> didn't know how to connect, like, outside of... I mean, I knew how to build relationships. And I had been a camp counselor, and I had, like, taught. And so I knew how to connect with kids. But uh, it was definitely, like, a really 
weird transition. Mm-hmm. If that makes, I mean, because you go from zero kids to all of a sudden you have four kids right. half the time. You're like thrown right in the deep end. Yeah. Yeah. And Ethan was, our oldest was, or no, he was turning 11 whenever we had just gotten together. So he was 10 turning 11. And so he was kind of like that moody sixth grader. Oh yeah. Yeah. The mm-hmm. boys in sixth grade are always kind of harder. Mm-hmm. And then Brooke was in third grade. And so she was hitting that eight year old girl drama too. It's been really good. I think the hardest thing for me is I think I wanted to rush the relationship mm-hmm. because like in my head, I was a mom, you know, mm-hmm. but I wasn't a mom in their heads yet. Yeah. If that makes sense. Absolutely. So, um, it just took some time and some adjustment and, um, I love those kids like my own. Oh. I mean, they're definitely my kids. Well, I'm so. glad that you bring that up because I mean, our listenership is primarily women mm-hmm. and I'm sure there's women listening that have a second marriage or whatever that where there uh, there are other children that aren't theirs involved and it I'm sure it is hard to build that relationship because you want it to be instant you want to instant be instantly be in love but then you have these immature emotions when it comes to kids and it takes them a little while longer to adapt to different people yeah yeah I mean and even adults like true yeah you know like uh just because I go out to dinner with a friend doesn't mean she's my best friend yet. Right. You know, like when I was eight, you know, sure. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Trading bracelets. Right. You know, uh, we're already saying I love you to each other. Yeah. You're my best friend forever. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, and it, it just takes time. And I think like even recognizing uh, there was so many conversations Jason and I had over the word mom, mm-hmm. you know, like. I'm not going to be called mom by them, which is okay. They call me Christian and it, right. it's fine. Right. Um, because they have a mom and, and their mom's really involved and their mom is a great mom. Like they don't need that necessarily. Right. But what I've kind of learned is that there are times that I get to be a parent and like a good mentor to them mm-hmm. and be a voice where I'm not the one that birthed them. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. And kids need that too. You know, I had youth pastors and I had teachers and I had coaches that like I would confide things in that I couldn't always talk to my parents about. You're right. They don't always want to tell their parent yeah. and having that relationship with you. That's special. I'm hoping so. We'll see in 10 years if they're <laughs> right. still talking to me, right? Well, I mean, you know how kids are, teenagers and then young adults. I mean, they think they know everything right now, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So for then sure. you and your husband had your youngest. Is yeah. it a boy or a girl? It's a girl. A girl. Um, her name's Emma. So I'd gone to the doctor in November and, sorry if there's any men listening, had had my cycle in a few months and they were like... You're probably infertile. I have polycystic ovarian syndrome too. Okay. So, which I wasn't trying to get pregnant. I just kind of felt like I'd already gotten to raise kids with my siblings. So mm-hmm. it just wasn't on my map at all. Um, so they told me I was infertile. Well, I was like, well, then I can stop taking birth control. And uh, I was not infertile. Not at all, so right? Not at all. <laughs> so that was a shock when you found out you were pregnant. So, yeah, it was. And I never knew how I'd handle it if it ended up happening, you know? Um, but I ended up being really excited about it the uh, majority of the time mm-hmm. and really nervous about it and really, yeah. And having a girl was harder for me. I relate to the boys a lot easier because I like sports and yeah. I like getting muddy. And so, like, just 
I was like, oh God, what am I going to do? She's going to want me to braid her hair. I won't braid Brooke's hair because my 14 year old now, because I'm so terrible at it. And anyways. Is she kind of girly girl or is she more likes to play with sport? At that age, they like everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You like everything. Um, I have learned how to somewhat French braid, but she wants Elsa hair all the time right now. So yeah, that makes sense. I would just go buy a wig. <laughs> we used to have one of those, but then it got really big. Yeah. So, okay. So you weren't planning. It wasn't on your, your plan to have children. Yeah. How Looking back now, how do you feel about it? Oh, I think it was great. I think uh, it really brought our family unit together even more. Mm-hmm. Like it, it tied in the kids even more to us as a family unit because now they have a half sister and they freaking adore her mm-hmm. and are so good with her. And, um, I just can't imagine not having her with us now. Yeah. So, so yeah. you said the next kids up are 11 year old twins, right? Yeah. Okay. So there, there's a pretty good gap. So they're yeah. probably all your helpers. Yeah. They it's definitely quite nice are. to have yeah. more helpers. For sure. If you don't mind starting over with the baby stage, I definitely recommend it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I remember my youngest is four, my oldest is 12. Uh-huh. And so he went through when I was having morning sickness and all this stuff that he'll remember. And now it's like part of your chores is to watch your sister for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. We usually have to shell out money to the 14 and 17 year old now. Of course. They're getting to that point. But the 11 year olds, they'll just play with her. Yeah, that's so, nice. Yeah. You still have a few more years until you're sh- like giving out more dough. <laughs> right? But at least they're a little bit cheaper than full time babysitters. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'm glad that y'all have Emma and she kind of rounded out the whole family unit. Yeah. yeah. Well, what does your husband do? So my husband is a failure analysis engineer at XFAB. Okay. So um, in layman's terms, what does he do? So XFAB um, is a semiconductor company here in Lubbock. But so they make the little bitty chips that go into the cars. Yes. Uh, the ones that they don't have right now. Yes. And as soon as they have them, there's going to be a like an influx of cars, right? Correct. Okay. So um, he takes the ones that don't work like they're supposed to and he figures out why they're not working right. Okay. So, and he's working uh, to geek out a little bit. I don't I don't actually know enough to like super geek out. Right. But like um, the microscopes and stuff that he works with is on a nano level. So it's like smaller than an atom. Oh my goodness. He's told me. Yeah, so they're like zooming in to electron levels and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. And he does that here in Lubbock. Is he, is he, he from here? He does here in Lubbock. So he's actually from Andrews, okay. Texas. Mm-hmm. Went to Angelo State um, and then moved back here with his wife whenever they were done with college. Wow. That sounds like a very intense job. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I don't even know where to start with that. <laughs> I know. It's okay. That's literally all I know. You're like, honey, tell me about your day. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, did you get to play with tools? <laughs> did you that's get funny. to use the microscope? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, that's as far as I can go. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of got you into real estate? Because you said you used to be a teacher, which I used to teach elementary. So when you brought up the word wall, I'm like, I remember the days. Like every year I changed the word wall and it's, Super important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They push that on you a lot. Right. Exactly. So how did you go from teaching to real estate? What was the process there? Yeah. So my dad, um, 
my dad was just a blue collar guy all growing up. And then uh, the company he was working for, which was actually my grandfather's company shut down. And so he needed a way to make money. And he's always been really handy and general contractor kind of guy. So he got his contracting license in Tennessee um, and started flipping houses. Okay. Um, but in Tennessee, we do it a little bit differently. Trailers, mobile homes don't have quite the stigma that they do here. So he would take a mobile home and he would buy it for $20,000. Um pretty much replace everything on the inside and then you can tie it down where the federal government will see it as an actual home. Oh, okay. Um, and then he would be able to turn it around as an existing home. And so because it's not a mobile home anymore, you, your profit margins on it are so extreme mm -hmm. because now you're selling it like a really nice remodeled three bedroom, two bath home. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he was in the flipping before that became before that all became HGTV. Cool <laughs> yeah. 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 He was doing it before Chip and Joanna. Right. But, well, I mean, I don't know when they actually started, but right. yeah. And so when I was in high school, he paid me a hundred dollars because money always talks to read rich dad, poor dad. Oh yeah. Right. By uh, Robert. I'm going to butcher the last name. I, I'm reading a book right now and the author brought that book up like when I was reading it a few days ago. Yeah. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. If you uh, if you haven't read Rich Dad Poor Dad yet and you're interested in investing and interested in helping your money work for you, that is one of the number one foundational books okay. um, for a lot of people. A lot of people. Are you ready to invest in your future? Christian Bland with Tech Terrace Real Estate has a passion for helping her clients reach financial freedom through property ownership. She understands the importance of real estate investments and helps her clients get the best deal. Call Christian Bland today at 806-241-6334. But then, you know, uh, college came around and I graduated with a psych degree, thought I was going to be a missionary. My parents were like, heck no, you got to do something that makes you money. Uh -huh. So I got my teaching, my master's in teaching in okay. urban ed. Um, I taught in inner city Memphis for seven years, um, paying back my master's degree. Mm -hmm. Cause you had to teach for four years after in or, or for three years after. So it was four years total to be able to get your master's for free. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so I did that taught in inner city. The neighborhood I taught in was one of the top 25 poorest neighborhoods in the United States. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so it was pretty intense. So when I moved to Lubbock, um, I go to jump in the classroom, actually uh -huh. at Smiley Wilson. It was too much of a culture shock for me. It was? Yeah. Okay. So there was just a lot of uh, testing. Yeah. You know, and I wasn't used to that. Mm -hmm. um, we were having to do a district assessment every three weeks. And I was like, so when do we actually like teach? Teach. Yeah. So when you were working in Memphis, you got to just teach and get relations and have relationships with the kids. And yeah. I was able to teach the curriculum that I wanted to teach and it still all fell under common core mm -hmm. um, because that was a thing when I, it came out in the middle of me teaching and I was still being evaluated based on those same things. We, we just didn't test that often. Yeah. It seems there's a lot of emphasis on testing. <laughs> yeah. So when so. you got here, that was, you just realized that wasn't the direction that you wanted to go yeah, or continue I just, in. I, I couldn't do it anymore. Um, 
like my heart was out of it. And you know, if you're if you're teaching, like, and when I was teaching in the inner city, I was teaching not as many preps, and I wasn't having to coach, uh, which I did when I came to Lubbock because it was social studies. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so that added to it, and then I didn't have family, and so uh, Jason and I had met in August. Uh, we were really serious by September, and I had a family then, mm -hmm. and so. I was just like, I can't dedicate 90 hours a week anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Because so. yeah, when you're teaching, you want, obviously, the parents and the kids and the administrators and yourself, you want your heart in it. Yeah. And you want to be able to completely dedicate yourself. So that makes sense. Um, I had always loved real estate. When I graduated from my master's program, the state of Tennessee has a first-time homebuyers uh, down payment assistance program. Texas has one, too. Um so I was able to buy a better or a three bedroom, two bath house, um, for $65,000. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, in, wait, in Tennessee, in Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. Um, didn't have to put any money down mm -hmm. and then, um, I house hacked it. So what that is, is, um, when you live in a house and you rent out either a portion of the house to Airbnb or to roommates and things like that. Um, I, wow, that was that was extremely smart of you for your first home, right? Yeah, that's your dad coming through. <laughs> uh, I won't let him listen to this, but yes, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah, it totally was. Um, and so I rented it out by the room um, to two friends of mine, mm -hmm. and they each paid me like four fifty a month. So my mortgage payment alone was five fifty. Okay, and I was getting nine hundred a month in rent. So that covered my utilities, um, my cable, my internet, my mortgage, my, oh my insurance, goodness. my property taxes, everything. Wow. And how yeah. old were you at this time making these decisions? Uh, 22. Oh my was goodness. when I bought that. Yeah. I have a lot to, a lot to teach my 12 year old. <laughs> yeah. That was so smart of you to do that. Cause you're not, you're not getting yourself in debt. You're actually making money. Right. Yeah. Right. And then your home's building equity at the same time. Uh, you would hope. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It, it didn't. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> but yes, you would hope so. Yeah. You do property management now, real estate investing, and then you're a real estate agent. So at 22, I mean, you were pretty much doing property management then. Yes. Because so you were taking rent from your... My friends. Your friends. Yeah. 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 Um, I was stealing from my friends. Not really. <laughs> we had we an American group. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was already doing property management and always already kind of investing in real estate and things like that. Um, and then there was, before I moved to Lubbock, it was about a year and a half before I moved to Lubbock, my dad, one Christmas, took me, my brother, and my sister to a tax sale. Um, a tax sale? Mm -hmm. Okay. So what counties do is if people aren't paying their property taxes, then after a certain amount of time, they actually assume the house. Okay. Um, and you go down to the courthouse and they'll announce when they're having these tax sales. I believe Lubbock has theirs every third Wednesday or something like that. You'll want to verify that. But. So is this where people go bid on houses like they do in the shows? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you go and you bid on a house. Um, in the state of Tennessee, you have a year to pay back those property taxes to whoever bought your house plus 10%. Okay. So, uh, my dad gave us a thousand dollars and said, you can use the rest of your own money 
uh, to buy a house. I bought a house for $3,000. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So 2000 of it was my own cash. Uh-huh. Um, and then the person had a year to pay me back plus 10%. So if he paid me back, I would have made more than I did, you know, in the stock market at that point. Right. I yeah. Mean, Cause this was 2013, 2014. So what um, happens if they don't pay you back? If they don't pay you back, you assume possession of the house. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes so sense. they can either pay you rent and you can keep them there and then they just pay you rent and you own the house or you can evict them and take over the house. But majority of the time, what we found in Tennessee is that nobody lived in these houses. Okay. So what usually happens is someone's passed away and then someone inherited the house, never moved into it, maybe didn't even know that they inherited the house. Property taxes were never paid. And so the county assumes these houses. So then you go in at that point and flip it or? Yeah. And then you just flip it. So... Um, on that house, we actually uh, went in, we were able to flip it, um, and somebody offered to buy it when we weren't even fully done. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I sold it for 50000 but... Wow. Like, so major money back and then I locked off of it. Yeah. In the state of Texas, it works a little bit different. They only have six months to pay you back, and they have to pay 25% interest. Okay. Texas means more business yeah. for these people. <laughs> but, you know, if you got cash to pay off property taxes, and you can go down to the courthouse and buy yourself a house. That's – I just love that your dad did that for you. Like, I'm yeah. sure at the time you're like, what is going on? I don't care. But looking back now, that was an amazing, like – thing that he set up for your future yeah, and, and stuff for you to know. And lo and behold, years later, you'd become a real estate agent and start doing this all over again with the knowledge that you had. Yeah. So that's really neat. Yeah. I need to have your dad on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it'd be hard to understand me as pretty thick Southern accent. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I know. I think what I really, uh, I mean, obviously I really appreciate my dad and everything that he's done for me. And I think, what I also want people to know is, like, even if you aren't able to start it, mm -hmm. like, you can do these same things for your kids, mm -hmm. you know? There's people who come and, you know, if they got a little extra cash from inheritance, I can't tell you how many people we have that are just like, hey, we're going to buy a small rent house. We're going to sit on this rent house for 20 years. And then when our kid, you know, or 15 years or 10 years, when our kid gets older it's going to be theirs and they can sell it or they can keep renting it out yeah um and things like that that i mean that sounds like a really smart plan actually because you're already setting them up for to have you know equity credit all these things a little bit of money in yeah. hand if they want to sell it or whatever yeah so talk to me a little bit like on the professional side like you do real estate let's go in a little bit about that real estate yeah. property management and investing. So tell me what your week looks like with, with all those things, trying to manage all those things. <laughs> uh, well, my husband will tell you that I'm always on my phone. <laughs> I mean, real estate agents yeah, are, yeah. We definitely are. I have Emma at St. Luke's PDO. Mm -hmm. um, so she goes to PDO at the Southwest campus and at the Central campus. It's very important to remember which campus she's at because sometimes right. it can get hard. Yeah. Oh, and that we were talking about earlier, Hadley's goes the exact same, like 
St. Luke's South and Central. So yes, you're exactly yeah, right. Yeah. And if somebody else is picking them up, it's very important for them to know which location. Yes. Yes, it is. That's happened to my husband before. Yeah. But <laughs> I work in the office primarily um, in show houses during that time. Mm-hmm. I really try and keep all of my showings within that time frame. Right. Um, if I have to do a showing in the evenings, I do, but it makes it a lot harder. Like we have so It's a full schedule things. with five kids. Yeah. Right. And you know, and you tell the kids like you get one thing that you get to do, but that's still five things they get to right. do. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Your clients, I mean, a lot of them are going through the exact same thing. So during the day is probably key for them as well. Like I know if we were looking for a house right now, that would be the only time that we could do it. Yeah. So that is beneficial. Yeah, it sure is. And then weekends, I really do try and guard weekends. But if I have somebody coming from out of town or if I have somebody who's wanting to look at houses and things like that during the weekend, I kind of do the the juggle Mm -hmm. around all the things. Soccer and flag football haven't started yet, so my weekends are pretty easy at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. With the property management, do you... Mm -hmm. Because I, I can imagine that Lubbock's a really good place to own yeah. and rent properties because of the college crowd that comes in yeah. um, and the young couples and people just starting out. So do you do people come to you personally to rent out their properties for you to manage it? Or do you all have like apartments? Like how does that work? Yeah. So we actually have about 400 houses oh, wow. in our system. Uh, we like to call ourselves a small boutique uh, brokerage. Mm-hmm. So... Um, the reason I even work at this brokerage is because they would allow me to property manage and sell houses because one or the other, you don't make great. I mean, you make good money, but not great money. Uh Um, but if I can do both, well then I'm not worried about, did I sell a house this month? But at the same time, if I'm not just property managing and I'm getting commission, it's like, yeah, that's vacation money. Yeah. So (laughs) extra. (laughs) Yeah. So I personally manage about a hundred units. Wow. Um, And so with our brokerage, what we do that's a little bit different than some of the bigger ones here in town is that I am the like pass through for everything of each property that I manage. So like the toilet goes out, like the tenants text me and say, hey, my toilet's not flushing. And then I text our our plumber and say, hey, I need you to go to this address, this number, toilet's not working. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of texting back and forth. And then like... Right now we're doing pre-leasing. Um, we've been doing pre-leasing since November 1 for the college kids. Mm-hmm. So what that is, is we say, hey, these are the houses that people aren't going to live in next year. And what we have available, come look at them and sign up, sign your lease like almost a year in advance. Oh, okay. Um, so that you can secure your spot in the best house. Yeah. Um, so when we're doing that, we have leasing agents, thankfully that are college kids too, that go out and lease houses for us. I review over the lease, review over the applications and things like that. But that's how we, that's how we basically operate that portion of things. And we do have some family rentals. We, our main, uh, audience is students because we're so close to tech and they also pay significantly more money because they're paying by bedroom instead of paying like a whole house. Okay, so that makes sense. I remember friends in college who would get a four-bedroom apartment and each paid. So like if the person didn't pay, they locked the they all had locks on them. So then that bedroom was locked and Oh well, man. Yeah. yeah. So you have a group of college students mm-hmm. and their par- parents or them whoever's paying, they pay per room. 
Yeah. And they get the run of the house, the whoever, however many people are in there. Yeah. So we, we lease the house out um, and we say, hey, like, it's a four bedroom. Your rent's 2400 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they'll each pay their $600 each month. If one of them doesn't pay, then we do jump on them. But we don't, we don't rent like per bedroom because we found that when we rent per bedroom, like actually sign a lease for each bedroom, then we get involved in the roommate conflicts. Oh. Ain't nobody got time for that. No, like, <laughs> no, that makes college sense. kids are dramatic enough. That, like <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't have time to deal with her stealing your clothes or something like that. Like <laughs> that makes sense. So, so the friends will, the group will come to you and say, we want to rent a house and then we just split it four ways. Yeah. Okay. And you're right. You could probably at that point, the rent's higher because everybody's paying their individual price. Yeah. Yeah. It makes rent a lot higher. And then what we've also found is that like UT and Austin right now, um, we're not anywhere close to their rents. So we get parents that come in and it's like their second kid that's gone to tech and they're looking at a four bedroom house that we have listed for $2,800 a month, which means they'll be paying $700 a month just for a bedroom. Yeah. And they're like, oh my God, this is so cheap. Really? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that's good. So, I mean, cause I look at that living in Lubbock and living in Memphis and I'm like, how am I going to afford to send my kids to college? Yeah. You have to go to Lubbock. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to go to Lubbock and yeah. live in a house we own or something. <laughs> Cause we've lived in multiple States and I feel like the cost of living here is, is amazing yeah. compared to other places, especially in Texas right now. Yeah, for sure. And our prices are getting like just a little bit of market talk too. Our prices are getting, higher for sure. Like there's definitely been some major appreciation over the years, Mm -hmm. like just in the last two. So when we judge a price of a house, we look at the price per square foot, right? So how much does it cost per square foot in your house? So just an example of price jump specifically in the tech terrace neighborhood. So a house two years ago, two and a half years ago, pre COVID basically, um, you would be really excited about 120 a square foot. Uh-huh. Um, now we're looking at houses selling. I just closed on one in December that sold for 162 a square foot. Oh my and goodness. it wasn't even in that great a shape. Like the bones were good, but they had to go in and paint exterior, interior, yeah. do the floors. So it's that. definitely a seller's market right now. It's so tight right now. Yeah. Yeah. So do you see that trend going down back to a buyer's market in the near future or? Um, I think this summer we're going to ramp up even more. I think we're starting to see the summer uptick Mm -hmm. Um, and this winter was never really slow. Yeah. And so it's just getting even more tight during the summertime. Mm -hmm. Um, I think sooner or later it will slow down with interest rates going up and stuff like that. We're going to see a lot of these investors drop out of the market. I've already had a few. So I'm, I primarily majority of my clients because of the property management aspect are investors. Okay. Um, I don't work with a lot of home buyer home buyers. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen some investors, they were getting like 2% on their loans, 2% for an investment. That's like free money mm-hmm. basically. Um, getting shy about buying houses now because the interest rates are four. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what they were. Yeah. Four is great. Yeah. Like, well, we, I can't remember what we 
originally bought this house at, but we we refinanced when interest rates were really really low, and yeah. so and then we kicked it down to a ten year note. So it was it was a good time to to refinance. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> but now great. they're starting to go back up. Yeah, now they're starting to go back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, which is like people are getting really scared about the interest rates and things like that. But being in the business for a while, I mean, as long as you're still under seven percent. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really doesn't seem, I know that compared to what it was compared to what it was like, you're still doing okay. Yeah. You know, you just pay it off a little quicker. Exactly. Um, you just got to change your strategy up a little bit. So talk yeah. to me a little bit. Okay. We've, I mean, we're hitting on this, but why is Lubbock such a good place for people to come in and invest? If I tell you, I'll have to kill you. <laughs> no, Give I'm me all kidding. the secrets so I can start doing it. <laughs> right. Um, so Lubbock is a really great city to invest in. And you probably don't want to tell too many friends because people are starting to clue into it. Uh-huh. Um, like around the nation, people are starting to clue in. Okay. It. So we have multiple people from all over moving in. Uh, and not moving in in a way of like, hey, I'm going to come live here. Even though there are some of those. Yeah. There's actually quite a few of those. But um investor wise who don't mind investing in cities they've never been to okay yeah because you don't think about people doing that but i guess if i mean you would see that it does happen yeah yeah there's one guy i have that's from california never seen his face i've talked to him on the phone like twice bought a house sight unseen and has done really well yeah i mean but yeah well i'm sure compared to prices in california this looks like a gold mine for oh him. my god yeah yeah, yeah. that was smart the state of texas <laughs> But so Lubbock's really great because, well, one, like going back in history a little bit, I didn't live here, but I have done a lot of research on it. And 2008, we didn't see any decline in appreciation. Um, Cities across the nation did, but Lubbock wasn't touched by it because of our university um, being here, Texas Tech being here, and also because our medical system and being a hub for the surrounding areas. Right. Like we, we really are kind of like a, a lighthouse for West Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could say Midland and Odessa are there too, but they're so scatterbrained with whatever the oil markets do. Right. You don't know that. Yeah. It's hard to invest over there. And then Amarillo is a great city too, and seems to be growing quite a bit, but we've just kind of outpaced them on that. And I think a lot of that is because of the university, um, in the medical school that we have in the center, having a vet school is going to be a big deal too. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's, that's helped. And then what's been the latest, like really big push for a lot of people is that Lubbock didn't really shut down during COVID. Yeah. You know, we, we kept doing life as, as normal as we possibly could within the parameters that the governor would let us. Right. Um, from a money standpoint, from a money standpoint, yeah. right. Like from a, from a health standpoint, like obviously we've seen crazy numbers here right. because of it. Um, so somebody in another, like the California guy looking at here from a money standpoint, yes, y'all are open. That's a good thing. <laughs> yes. That's a good thing from the health standpoint. People can debate on that. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's another show, right? That's a whole another show, right? <laughs> but uh, from a money standpoint, it really is. It hasn't been bad at all here. Where like I have friends that live in Pasadena, and like they have just now been able to go to a restaurant as a family. Yeah, I mean, and it's 2022. Yeah, um, 
And so their life has been a lot more disrupted than ours was. Do you need a quick crowd-pleasing solution for dinner this weekend? Head on over to Giorgio's Pizzeria for some old-world Italian pizza and calzones. Their famous Texas-sized pizza will feed the entire family, or you can order fresh-made pizza by the slice. Support local and check out their menu and daily lunch specials at giorgioslubbock.pizza or call them to order at 806-765-9330. Now we'll tell you COVID hit, so we like... Obviously, January, February, we start hearing rumors of this thing. Well, we were coming back from our Make-A-Wish trip for my daughter, our Hannah's Make-A-Wish trip. Uh-huh. And I remember somebody in the airport saying, like, don't touch anything. Watch your toddler's hands. And I'm like, this thing's starting to turn serious. Yeah. So two weeks after we got back from that trip, they shut everything down. Oh, my gosh. So we went I'm on the so ride. I'm so glad time. you got to go. Yes, because for a year, kids didn't get make their wish fulfilled to yeah. go to Disney. So. And they're just now starting to open a lot of that up, I've heard. Yeah. That's crazy. So it's crazy how it happened. We all started getting really panicky about it in the office. Because then they say, hey, you don't have to pay your rents. And that's like our base salary. Right. Like, that is like basically my teaching salary i make more than that now but in like that we used to pay bills right so we all got extra jobs we all like started mowing lawns started painting like yeah started doing extra work uh because you didn't know because you didn't know but then after two months of it we had all but five tenants pay rent really so what happens to the students that you had that were your tenants and everything went online. They just stayed there and continued to pay? Yeah. So I don't know if you remember being in college too much, but you get really tired of your parents. Yeah. So they were there. They were home for spring break. They might have stayed to the end of March. Uh-huh. But then all of them were like, forget this. Enough's enough. Enough's enough. And they came home. Okay. Well, that came good. back to Lubbock. So yeah. th- there was a change, but it wasn't a very long change so right went back so and again from a money standpoint that's some solid numbers yeah you know if you can keep keep producing money and income on your rentals and things like that where other parts of the nation like they didn't have the same yeah if somebody comes to you and they are interested tell me the process they want to invest in a house and then have tenants so you could do the whole process for them you could get them the house the investment, and then you can manage it for them, right? Correct. Yeah, that's what we do for all of our clients. We, well, majority of our clients, there are some clients that work with other real estate agents, but it's okay. We like them too. (laughs) Um, And we like the agents too. There's some good agents in Lubbock, so I totally don't begrudge anybody for going with some of the good ones. Right. Yeah, we'll help them find a house. We'll even help do the renovations on it um, for free. So like- you obviously pay for the labor and the material and all that. But as far as like a GC, a general contractor, um, we don't mind overseeing that most of the time. So y'all um, are full service. Y'all so do we're it all. full service, full stop. We'll find your tenants. We'll take care of any problems you have. We'll do it all. Okay. That's, I mean, that's good to know. I did not know that even existed. So, yeah. cause I'm all, we're always thinking like, would it make sense when we sell this house to rent it out? And but if you have somebody in town that can literally from start to finish take care of everything, that's good to know. Yeah. And two with, uh, I scooped out some of your shows. And if, <laughs> if y'all are looking to pay off your house and you have it, totally pay it off. Yeah. And you 
still have the money in place where you can buy another house, like if you don't have to sell this house, that's honestly how a lot of investors originally built their their book yeah. is they would move into a house, pay it off, rent it out, move into another house, pay it off, rent it out. And so then they have these multiple houses that are free and clear that they can use for equity to buy the next house, things like that. Tell me about real estate investing versus other investing. Yeah. You probably see more from that. Um, yes. So you see, you see better returns on your real estate investment than you will on your stocks, depending on the season. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so we, we personally kind of buy into that, um, the idea that you need three buckets at least. So you need like a stock market bu bucket where you're investing in your 401k, where you're investing in the stock market in mutual funds. We've, we've done really well with some mutual funds that we invest in. So we're not us personally, like Jason and I are not anti-stock market. There uh -huh. are some real estate investors that are like, why would you put your money somewhere where it's not real? And then from there, like you want to diversify so you can kind of pick what your other two buckets are. One of our buckets is obviously real estate investment. Right. So we had nine rental units and then the market got so hot that people were offering us stupid amount of money for our rental units. So we actually sold them this past year. Wow. Yeah. So we, we have a real estate bucket. We're going to invest in some more real estate. We have a flip house we're doing right now. So some of it's at, and then we're going to buy some more, uh, properties and things like that as they come along. Yeah. But we're kind of waiting for the market to cool a little bit on that aspect just mm -hmm. because I'm making a lot of money selling it to people. So right. once I can, you got to go back and forth, you got to go back and <laughs> forth. Right. But so having a real estate bucket and I just want to be fully transparent too. Like we definitely cashed in yeah. the seller's market while we could. Um, I mean, you, I mean, it's your finances of course, right? You have yeah. to look out for your future. <laughs> yeah. So um, but we buy real estate. And so that bucket right there, we have our properties. And then our third bucket, we still haven't really figured out what we want to do with that. We've yeah. bounced around some ideas about different businesses and stuff like that and investing in a business. That's what I was going to ask. So the fourth bucket could be like business, restaurant, yeah. putting it into something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, we were going to invest in a company with some friends but then they ended up getting a really good job in Tyler so okay. they left us but and what makes the real estate bucket so good okay. I think was your last question yeah. so what's really great about real estate is that there's always in but there's appreciation mm -hmm. um, in Lubbock there has been consistent appreciation um, at this point I don't think that a lot of people are scared to buy right now because they think that prices are inflated and there's going to be a housing bubble and you know, if we all had a crystal ball, then we'd all be rich. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> with Lubbock being as consistent as it is, I think the market will slow down, but I don't know that prices are going to go back down. With tech being as big as tech is, it's going to continue to grow. Yeah. Like UT yeah. and A&M already pretty capped out. I mean, they're, they're at like 75,000 students now. Nobody else can fit on I-35. <laughs> Nobody else can fit on I-35, right? So I think uh, this is totally my own personal opinion. Mm -hmm. And so 
don't sue me over this if it doesn't work <laughs> out for you. But, and this is kind of where we're putting our money. What I kind of see happening is those neighborhoods inside the loop, like Majin over by St. Luke's, mm-hmm. um, the Medical District, Tech Terrace, Heart of Lubbock, which is east of University. Um, I think we're going to see as more of these older generations move on, mm-hmm. I think we're going to see more and more houses renovated, flipped, and then it's going to turn into rentals and college student housing. Okay. Because we're getting to the point where um, we can't fit tech kids all in tech terrace. Right. Yeah. We can't fit them all in the medical There's district. There's a lot of them, you know? And so I think we're going to see as the university expands that kind of area inside the loop, it's going to be a mix of families and rentals um, as time progresses. So you see like the first going south, like where we are now, it'll be more family. And then the inner part of the loop will be continue to grow as college student housing. That's, that's kind of my prediction. Yeah. That makes Um, sense because when we, the last time we visited before we lived here was 10 years prior mm -hmm. and the growth was in like, it was insane how many, how much had, Lubbock had exploded in just 10 years, but a lot of that's college students come more college students coming in and then the college students staying after graduation and starting families here. Mm -hmm. So it's only going up. Yeah. And I think what Lubbock has to offer versus other areas is that small town feel without being a small town. Yes. You know, I mean, we could get like an aquarium or a minor league sports team. Yeah. That would be cool too. <laughs> yeah. But we have tech. Anybody and, listening? Uh, yeah, that's right. In a aquarium or a minor league sports team. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but I mean, I think, I think tech's going to keep supplying, supplying us our people. Exactly. You know, and people like staying. They come here and they like staying. Most of my investors are tech grads yeah. or friends of tech grads who talk about tech so great that they're like, oh, we want to invest in Lubbock. That makes sense. So what are some of your top books right now? I already have Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which you read when you were younger. Yeah. Have you revisited that? I have. Okay. And it's just as good. Really? Uh, Some good reminders. Yeah. Okay. So it's a good one. Um, He also has, like, if you wanted to get into real estate investing, it's called Cash Flow Quadrants. That is really good as well. But to be honest, I... uh, I needed something just to quiet my brain mm-hmm. and something easy lately. Opposite of what you do on a day-to-day. Opposite, yeah, because yeah. things have gotten busy and all that. And so I've been reading the Bridgerton series on my phone, and it's it's been good. Yeah. It's not as racy as a TV show. Oh, really? Okay. I yeah. haven't read it, but I've, I mean, I have friends that have read it and talked about it. Yeah. And I, I, from what I understand, the next one that comes out will be a different character's life, correct? Yes. And that's how the so books it goes go? through all the brothers and sisters. Okay. And how they find love. It's so cheesy. Oh, I'm going to have to read it now. I love cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> I love romance and cheesy. I mean, I read a lot of self-help, but I like to throw in those, um, those other ones that are, like you said, where you don't have to really think. You just, it's just for entertainment. Yeah. 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 Um, so do you listen to podcasts? I do. Do you have any big ones that you like to listen to that are regulars? I listen to criminal pretty religiously. True crime ones. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, my husband's got me on the office ladies. Okay. Yes. I've heard about that one. Yeah. So they go through each episode of the office. 
And it's just fun. It's Pam and Angela. They're like best friends. Yeah. In real life. Okay. Oh, my, I think my friend Lindsay, she was telling me about that one. On Saturday mornings when I'm getting my extra sleep, my husband watches reruns of The Office. So nice. he'd probably really like that. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to add that one. Being a mom and a bonus mom, give me a parenting tip or hack or something that works for y'all. I thought about this one before. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. So uh, is it okay if I plug someone here? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's the Crockin. It's Christy House is the lady who does it, and it's called Crockin Divas Meal Prep. And so I pay $65 a month. Like, well, you have to, like, sign up for her meals. She shows you the 10 meals that you're going to have. And they come in these Ziploc bags, and I put the meat in, and then I pour it over. Voila, walk out the door, I'm done. So That's a busy mom's dream, right? (laughs) Oh, my gosh, yeah. And I don't have to think about what ingredients to put in it. Like, it's all just in that Ziploc bag. Okay. So Well, when you get home from a busy day, that's the last thing you want to think about. (laughs) Yeah, and there's times where I'm like... I don't even know what to eat. Like we got <laughs> chips. I mean, yeah, just because my brain can't process further. And then with five kids, I mean, everybody's happy. So yeah, yeah, uh, most of the time. most of the time. I mean, you can't make everybody happy, right? <laughs> yeah, they can make their own sandwiches if they're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, Christian, thank you so much for coming today. Um, like I said before, I'm going to put all of your information in the show notes. So if anybody wants to talk about teaching or investing. Or um, property management, you're the go-to girl. So um, I appreciate you coming out today. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Of course. Yeah. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening to Moms in the Hub podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please share it on Instagram and don't forget to tag us. Have a wonderful week. This episode is sponsored by real estate agent Christian Bland. Call Christian today at Tech Terrace Real Estate, 806-241-6334.